0: Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis and and once again, we've got so much to talk about. Two games last weekend from the Adelaide 36ers to talk about. And another overtime win, which was which was another thriller to see on Friday night. And now all of a sudden, two more games over the next three days that we have to preview on the show. So plenty happening here on Sixers Fix. Let's get straight into it. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. But the legend of the 36ers that you're all here to tune in to listen to. He's been getting plenty of airtime on the TV coverage as well lately, which I'll ask him about. Scott Ninnis, the only man involved in all four Adelaide 36's championships. Thanks for being back once again.
0: Thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here, obviously, Uh, mate. uh... I've had a few people comment on uh, getting my mug on the television uh, quite regularly. All, all I can say is they, uh, they must be pretty, sh- pretty hard up if, uh, if they've got to put my head on there, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, I think the last two games, I think we've seen you. You've, you've had your mask on and you've, the commentators have, have had a shout out to you. So, no, oh, yeah, I think one of them, you were next to your wife. Rebecca, if I recognised her correctly, with the mask on. And the second time, you were next to a very white-haired, Brett Maher. That's
0: the key to it, mate. You uh, position, your, position yourself next to a superstar and uh, <laughs> you're guaranteed to get some hair time. So, uh, <laughs> yes, that, uh, that hair is, uh, is like the driven snow, mate. He is, uh, <laughs> it, it, there, was, there was no grey period. That thing is a, is a shocking head of uh, white hair, that's for sure.
1: The great thing about you right now is that it looks like both you—you've still got your full head of hair, but it also looks looks like it's not losing any colour at all. You're, you're ageing very gracefully.
0: I've been very lucky, mate. I've uh, there, there are still people uh, who can't believe that I've never dyed my hair, and I can <laughs> honestly put my hand on my heart and and tell you that I haven't. I've been very lucky, Graham mm. Cubank. Uh, Good mate of ours who uh, played for the 36ers is the same age as me, and he swears that I'd dye my hair because <laughs> he just said it's not possible to uh, to get to your years without having done it, which clearly means that he's been doing it for a long time as well. So, uh, But no, no, blessed with good genes, mate, and um, yeah, still got... Full head of hair. And, and the ironic thing about that is my brother, my younger brother, who's two and a half years younger than me, has been bald as a badger for 10 years. So um, yeah, wow. I've, I've been very fortunate, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> okay. Now, we've got a full show to get through here, here, Scott, as we go along today. Thanks to our, our, all of our partners, we've been very lucky with the sponsors that we've been able to get on board. We'll, we'll update our player of the year voting thanks to premium wine tours. We'll announce our... Player of the Week, winner for, for for round two and and that's thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi and we'll announce our winner of the prize pack on the show this week as well and also thanks to Sports Card World we've had a massive response to this we'll continue our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry and we'll announce the two winners already of the LA Lakers Collectors Championship Edition pack from last week and also two more winners will will be selected by the the boys at Sports Card World to win from the questions that we'll ask Connor this week as well. So, so plenty happening on the show. But now we'll move on, Scott, to our review of round two, and that's brought to you by All-Star Photos. Kelly Barnes, the, the best in the business, the best photographer in, in South Australia, if not the country. He, he specialises in team and player photos for his sporting clubs. He And, and Kelly, with, the, with his work at All-Star Photos, provides sporting clubs with the option to use a locally owned owned company that supports grassroots sporting clubs, provides them with with fundraising options from their, their team photos. He's raised close to $10,000 over the last couple of years, thanks to his photography and for his local sporting clubs, supports local business, and you can check out his work at allstarphotos.com.au. Get in touch with him at info at allstarphotos.com.au and, and book him in because you won't be, won't be disappointed and, and I noticed he was taking the photos for Getty Images of the game last weekend, last week as well. So yeah, get in touch with All Star Photos now, Scott. Two games last weekend. Let's get the the bad news out of the way first against Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on the Wednesday. It was always going to be tough without Josh Giddy. Um, and unfortunately, it was a game where I think the final scoreline probably flattered the 36ers in some ways. 89 to 83 win for the Phoenix and. To me, it felt like a game that they never really looked like they were going to get over the top in.
0: No, and we we had the same thought. Uh, I went into the game with with Brett Maher, and uh, we, we we're both of that thought that it was going to be a very very difficult game to win. And um, unfortunately, that's uh, that's the way it turned out. And uh, it's just such a <laughs> this crazy schedule at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, having to back up so quickly, and uh, I, I know they're thankful to having a having a little mini break uh, between the last game and tonight's game. But yeah, that. Uh, that game against the Phoenix was, uh, was a tough one and, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of answers for, for uh, you know, Sykes and, uh, and his cohorts on the night.
1: That's what stood out to me, the difference in the backcourt. Um, Josh Giddy wasn't there for Adelaide. Donald Sloan didn't have another, another good game um, and just didn't get a lot out of the backcourt. And then you have a look at the, th- the backcourt for the Phoenix and, you know, Kiefer Sykes was unbelievable. He was the best player on the court, probably, but then also Kyle Adnam had a huge game for for them, and Adam Gibson, um, he just couldn't miss there for a while. There, he just kept jacking up the three balls, and yeah, the difference was the backcourt because the frontcourt was okay. Daniel Johnson and Isaac Humphrey stood up stood up pretty well.
0: Absolutely, I, I think it just. Um... Uh, you know, if, I don't know if it's an area of concern, but we just seem to lack foot speed. You know, their yeah. their quick guards just uh, just had their way with us, and um, y- you know that's uh, that's something that's certainly going to need to be looked at, uh, you know, some of those defensive, um, I guess, rotations and, and structure If when we come up against those fleet-footed guards. And um, uh, But yeah, once again, the pleasing thing was was that, uh, you know, the Twin Towers, uh, you know, Isaac had a fantastic game, um, mm. as did DJ, and they they really worked well off each other. And I think that's, you, you know that's something that's really exciting moving forward. Um, you, you know if, if that two-headed monster can uh, can can dominate like that, it's uh, it's going to cause a lot of problems for the opposing teams in this competition yeah. because they uh, you know, they work very very well together.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we saw it even more the case then on on Friday night back at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre against the the New Zealand Breakers, and it's like you said the schedule was fascinating. It was the fourth game already for the Thirty Sixers in. In just over a week, and the first game of the season at all for the for the Breakers. So there was a little bit of rust for the Breakers to shake off, but it didn't look like didn't look like it. They didn't play like it. They played played really well, and it was probably foul trouble and and probably some guys cramping with Finn Delaney at the end, and they got tired to you know down the stretch as you as you probably could expect. But the game went to overtime, and in the end, a really good win for the 36ers, 94 to 91. Um, before we get to how the game unfolded. Um, Connor Henry made a couple of changes to the starting five. Josh Giddy came in for Donald Sloan and Isaac Humphreys came in for Keanu Pinder. Um, I think you have to say both those moves worked because Sloan was very good coming off the bench and gee you couldn't you couldn't question the impact that Humphreys ended, ended up having.
0: Absolutely and you know I mean Isaac has been you know pencilled in as a starter from day one so I think that was just a you know just a matter of time before he uh, you know he finds himself permanently in that in that starting group and uh, you yeah, know was, Sloan was great and maybe it it did take a little p- bit of the pressure off him at the start of the game to be able to you know come in when a little bit of the wind has gone out of uh, you know some of the players and, and he was fantastic I, I think he is he was what we've sort of been expecting right from day one. Uh, you know, he hit big shots. He was, uh, uh, yeah, he, he was he was magnificent in that game and, uh, you know, probably pipped only by uh, by Isaac Humphreys for, mm-hmm. for our best. But, um, yeah, I, I guess the key now is, is, you know, that needs to continue. You know, we need to get yeah. to production, uh, you know, from Sloan, uh, you know, day in, day out. And, uh, you know, you, there's no reason why that can't happen.
1: Yeah, and the the probably the best thing about his performance was that he stepped up when the game was on the line I think 11 of his 20 points came in either the fourth quarter or or overtime and he hit some really big shots he hit that big three at the end which ended up being being the dagger as well so he stepped up when it mattered and and I think it's a good mix if you can let Josh giddy come on from the start and set the pace and and then have Sloan come in and be your finisher I think that's probably what you want from your veteran and at the same time you're getting your young young guy plenty of plenty of court time
0: yeah, mate, I think the most pleasing thing for me was exactly what you've just said, him him hitting the big shots. And, you know, you, when you, whenever you look at a team, you know, you wonder who's the guy that's going to, you know make the big play or, or or hit the big shot and and you know we've been fortunate to have a lot of those type of guys over the years and 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 Brett was certainly you know you you knew you could hand him the ball in the last three minutes of a game and he'd he'd get the ball to the right person or or he'd hit the big shot himself and uh um if sloan can be that guy well that's that's that'll be fantastic and, mm-hmm. and you know and Josh. You know just didn't uh, you know didn't have a big contribution on the night and and I think you know for all the hype, we've got to remember that you know he's just turned eighteen and he's yeah. he's not, not going to be a superstar every game um so I think the pleasing thing for me was you know we're able to have a have a win uh you know without just without, uh, being you know having a major contribution, and I think that that all as well uh, you know these next couple of games as well
1: yeah, and I take Humphreys was just. Unbelievable. I mean, his stat line is 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 good enough on its own twenty four points, eleven rebounds, seven block shots. But it was it was more than just the numbers. The impact he had every time they offensively threw it down to him on the block. Um, New Zealand had no answers for him. Their bigs got into foul trouble, and they either had to foul him or it was an automatic bucket for for Isaac. And then up the other end, I I don't remember seeing a big man in the NBL having that sort of sort of influence on the game for, for, for a very long time. He was... he was I mean, he had the seven blocks that he was credited to in the end, but I he probably influenced 15 or 20 of the shots from the breakers as the game unfolded. He was just intimidating everything that came his way, and, and you know, there was the one at the end of regulation where Ty Webster um, ran the length of the court and it looked like he had an open open look, but, but Humphreys came in and denied him there. Um, that... The fact that he can be a shot intimidator as well as an offensive powerhouse up the other end—that's that's it's a hell of a bonus. And I, I don't remember seeing a guy impact the game as a big man like that defensively for a long time.
0: It's been a long while, hasn't it? I mean, you, yeah. you talk about you know the guys like Simon Dwight and um, you know David Van Dyke uh, when he was out here, mm-hmm. um, Willie Simmons before that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's certainly been a long while since since uh, we've had some someone like that, that's for sure. And he, uh, I think that was my, the most pleasing thing for me. I mean, he, he was a, you know, he's a colossus on the boards and scoring, but uh, what he did defensively, as you're saying, was just, uh, you, you know, it was just fantastic. It, uh, some would say that uh, that last play in regulation might not have been all that clean. Uh, we might have been lucky to get away yeah. with one there, but um, you know, once again, if if you've you know you develop that reputation uh, as a shot blocker, you, you know sometimes going to get the benefit of the doubt. So obviously, we were pleased that we went into overtime. Uh, the mm. breakers probably not so much, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 one in the win uh, column, and uh, you know now sitting two on two and two is uh, a good place to be, I think, uh, moving forward.
1: Just quickly, what did you think of the breakers? They uh, play, were playing their first game. They've been on the road for so long already. Um, but I thought, you know, Ty Webster's game was, was was unbelievable. He almost single-handedly won it for them. And and I thought up until Finn Delaney went off, I think he I think he cramped it about. The six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and he didn't come back. I thought that had a big impact on the final result too.
0: Oh, very much so. Look, I, I think you know for what they've been through over the last few months, I thought they were outstanding, and and they'll mm. you know they'll be better for having that run under them. Uh, you know, c- coming up uh, tomorrow night, but um, uh, you know Webster's a class act. Um, you know, we really had no answers for him, and and I, I know that. Uh, Yeah, Connor Henry will be working, uh, working hard to sort of make sure he doesn't have that sort of influence in the game again. But um, you know, we don't have a really great matchup for him, so it's going to have to be Mm. a you know team defensive structure. I think what uh, Connor made some great adjustments, um, you know, in the in that fourth quarter um, that that worked really really well with some of his matchups, and uh, uh, you know, you'd expect us to go to some of them a little bit earlier, uh, probably tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, really looking forward to that game. Um, and it's probably unfortunate, like you said, you would expect the breakers to be probably a little bit better and maybe not not cramping and tiring as much. So it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating rematch. Now, now that we've had a look at those two games, Scott, our Player of the Week award, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Um, we had our first winner announced last week after Daniel Johnson won the the voting, and we've had a good response again to our to our voting here here this week, leading up to us recording the show, the two players we put out there to our listeners were Daniel Johnson and Isaac Humphreys. Um, both of them had tremendous games as the as the two two big men and the, the twin tower combination. Um, if you were casting a vote, who would have, who would have got the nod? Oh,
0: Isaac Humphreys for sure, mate. He was mm-hmm. uh, I, he was our best player in both games. I, I thought, and uh, um, you know, taking nothing away from DJ, he he was outstanding in the, the Phoenix game, and uh, you know was 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 you know, very, very serviceable in the Breakers game as well. But, uh, you, you know, you read out Isaac's stat line in that last game. Uh, mm. You know, he he was outstanding and, and comfortably their play of the week for me.
1: And mo- most of our listeners agreed. So most of our, our voting went towards Isaac for, for this week. And we've got all of those people that voted put into a draw now to win the special prize pack thanks to the great, great guys at Australian Motors... Mitsubishi. We've already given away our first prize pack last week, and now it's time for our, our second, Scott. So we put all the names into a draw, and now we're going to announce our next winner. So I'm going to pull out the winner, but before we do... Okay, there we go. We're getting fancy here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and now, here we go, I'm going to pull out pull out a sp- the special winner. Okay, and our, our winner for this week, Scott, is Claire Benji. She voted on Instagram and... And she's our lucky winner of the Australian Motors Mitsubishi pack. So we'll be getting in touch with you soon, Claire, and we'll work out how to get that pack to you. And thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi, Scott, where, where you've spent some time with in recent weeks. They're, they're great supporters, supporters of ours here on Sixers Fix.
0: Outstanding, mate. Uh, yeah, I spent some time with Dylan, uh, you know, the dealer principal, uh, last week. And, uh, yeah, just great supporters of, uh, you know, the 36ers of basketball in general and, uh um, you know I, I, we bang on about it but how how important sponsorship is in in this day and age and uh, y- you know we're uh, yeah there's a lot of other sporting groups uh, in this uh, in this town uh, you know some with a bigger profile like our AFL teams but uh, you know Australian Motors Mitsubishi you know I can't speak highly enough of the mate he's uh, uh, he's a ripper and uh, support is is very uh, very much loved that's for sure mm,
1: absolutely so so thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi and well done to Claire Benji. Now, on to our Player of the Year voting from the, the two games in Round 2. And, of course, we have two two very special prizes thanks to Premium Wine Tours as part of our Player of the Year voting this, this year on Sixers Fix. Now, the opening game Wednesday night against the Phoenix. Um, obviously, these votes are coming courtesy of, of Scott Ninnis and Brett Maher. So hopefully some great credibility behind our... Our votes, so three votes, Isaac Humphreys, two votes, Daniel Johnson, one vote, Sunday, Sunday, Desch, who had a had a tremendous game. Um, and then also on Friday night against the New Zealand Breakers, three votes again, Isaac Humphreys, two votes this time to Donald Sloan, one vote to Daniel Johnson, which means that the voting at the top's getting pretty close. Daniel Johnson on nine, Isaac Humphreys on seven, and you'd probably expect them to be battling it out for... The rest of the season, it might be a pretty fascinating race to follow. Well, I think
0: after last week, mate, we thought Daniel Johnson was probably going to run mm. run away with it, but uh, you know the two two outstanding games from Isaac, and um, you know, you, you would expect. You know, if 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 we're going to have a good team this year, you would you would expect lots of players to bob up at different times with votes and Sloan and 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 Giddy and and Sunday and and so on and so on. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating uh, to see who's. Uh, uh, you know, I'd probably if I was a betting man, I'd I'd probably have a sneaky bet still on Daniel Johnson. I think he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, he's got the history there, and uh, you, you just know that he's going to. You know get 20 points and 10 rebounds uh, mm. you know most uh, most nights so um uh, but uh, no it'd be interesting very interesting to uh, to see how it all unfolds
1: yeah absolutely now after these first four games Scott, how are you feeling about the 36ers two and two um both wins have come in overtime um how are you feeling about about how the team's placed after these these first four games
0: Oh, nervous, mate! I think uh, it's uh, you know two and two. It uh, you know could have easily been been disastrous if we lose both those overtime games. Yeah. But um, you know another another couple of games at home, and um, you know the next you know and, and then another couple after that. So once again, it's 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 there for us. We're not not having to travel. Um, you know we we've got these team coming in. New Zealand once again will be tough tomorrow night. Uh, Pretty much the same way as the phoenix were you know they 've mm-hmm. had that they 've had that game get that out of their system and then make the necessary adjustments but uh um i, I you know we, we we just need to keep winning we need to uh you know get that get that win and loss ledger the right way you know get a get a couple of wins ahead and um then when the travel does happen uh you know we 've got a bit of breathing space but that mm-hmm. that isn 't going to be easy it's uh you know no game in this. In this league is, um, but um, yeah, it'd be, be lovely if this time next week we're talking about the 36ers uh, being four and two. That's for yeah,
1: sure. Absolutely, let's hope, let's hope so. Um, now moving on on Sixers Fix, and our special guest for this week will be Jack McVeigh. He's had a had a good start to the season. Um, he's an effervescent character, but I think we're all expecting and excited to see you know him playing a little bit of an increased role this year and seeing what he can can deliver. You've been able to spend. A bit of time with him as well since you've been working with the club as the community coach. Um, What are you looking forward to to getting out of of Jack when we, we have a chat to him?
0: Oh mate, I'm a I'm a fan. I, I do, he's just such a such an energetic guy to be around, and uh, you know, dealing with him with the school clinics and the holiday camps, he's uh, he's our go-to guy. You know, like we we just uh, we just let him loose on the kids, and he's uh, he's fantastic. And it's uh, I I you know, there's there's been a couple of games I would have liked to seen him play play a little bit more. I think you know mm-hmm. what he's yeah, you know, he's going to make things happen on the on the court. You know the and, and I think that when you've got someone like that, uh, you know, he's he's a great size. You know, like he he can he can cause, you know, some matchup problems for smaller smaller defenders, and uh, you know, he obviously is is a you know great uh, long range shooter. Uh, but that that'll come. I mean, his time will come. Um, you know, he's increased his minutes from last year. Um, oh, mate, he wears number nine too, so he can't be all that bad. <laughs> I, had a, I had a few years in, uh, yep. in number nine with the 36ers. So, uh, but uh, no, I, I just love the energy that he brings. And um, uh, yeah, looking forward to him having, a you know, just, just keep improving. And uh, I, I know with his attitude and his work ethic and his um, approach to the game, uh, good things will happen
1: for him. Yeah, for sure. So I'm looking at, looking forward to having having some fun when we chat to him here on Sixes Fix this week. When we come back, we'll we'll be chatting with Jack McVeigh. Okay, back here on Sixes Fix with Scott Anderson, and really excited for our special interview of this week. Thanks to Sports Card World, check them out at sportscardworld.com. And also on social media where they're very active and obviously check them out at Region Arcade in the Rundle Mall if you're in Adelaide, but really looking forward to our chat this week. Jack McVeigh, a popular figure in Adelaide, he's playing an increased role this year, Um, he's exciting out on the court, he's a bundle of energy off the court and really looking forward to our chat with him here now on Sixers Fix with Scott Dennis Okay, Jack McVeigh we've got now joining us on Sixes Fix and really looking forward to this chat. It's a chat that Scott's been looking forward to ever since we started started our show here on the on the podcast. Jack, a day out from another game tomorrow night against the Breakers. How are we feeling?
2: Well, first off, what an honor that this, you guys are excited to have me, but uh I'm feeling good. Uh I mean, confidence for me right now is pretty high. You know, it's a big game to come out and be 3 and 2 would be huge. So I'm feeling good, you know. Back to back games are fun versus the same player. Something kind of newish mm. in the NBL, but it's yeah. exciting. Jack, did you get
0: uh, get a couple of days off? Uh, you know, after the four games in eight days, and and how how's everyone pulled up?
2: Yeah, we did. We had the weekend off, so weekend was pretty much completely yeah. off. Like a lot of us got in, in recovery, and I think a couple guys worked out on Saturday. But pretty much, weekend was off. Just mental reset just as much as physical, and then we've been back at it Monday and Tuesday preparing for a Wednesday game.
0: And what, uh, what adjustments do you make uh, coming up against the breakers and, and guys like Ty Webster? What, what can we expect to see tomorrow night, uh, Jack?
2: Uh, just definitely the way we approach our, pretty much our offense right now. So the way we're going to handle uh, offensive screening and, you know, especially if they're switching a lot of stuff, how we're going to attack that keep the ball moving moving, but finding those mismatches and then defensively we'll hit them with a new game plan uh, Ty showed that he can shoot the ball went 4 from 9 so we won't be able to go under him the way we did And uh, you know keep forcing him to make plays but you know if, if we can force another a guy to take 31 shots again then that's mm-hmm. not a horrible thing for us so yeah thirty one shots that's
0: not, that's not a bad effort is it that's uh, in anyone's language that's uh, that's kicking it up there a fair bit that's for sure but uh um jack how, how have you found uh, you happy with your form uh, going into these uh, into the next game
2: yeah personally my form's feeling good confidence is high I'm ready to go out there and just keep making an impact like I have been, so whether that's nine minutes fifteen minutes twenty five minutes I know I can go out there and and really make an impact on the game. And uh, whether that's swing the momentum or come in and just keep it going. Uh, the form's feeling good and the body's feeling good. So I definitely can't complain.
0: And what's, uh, what, what has Connor Henry said to you You know, the start of the year? What, what's his expectations? I know there's been some times you, you've probably even played a little bit of four as, as well. Uh, is, is that something that he's conveyed to you about what he expects from you?
2: Yeah, so right now I'm just kind of the guy that fills in all the gaps of what we need. So uh, some games I've been playing straight four and some games I've been playing straight three. So right now we're still all working out kind of the best way to use me. Uh, so we're still kind of talking through it and seeing which lineups and matchups we like. So that's something with a new coach, new player, we're still all working on and uh, all that good stuff. But right now I'm just told to stay ready and come in and keep being aggressive.
0: And what, um, moving forward, uh, you know, going potentially into this bubble in Melbourne, is, is that something you've spoken about or just uh, worry about that when it's, uh, when we get to that point in time at the moment, just to enjoy a bunch of home games?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, the last two weeks have been so crazy that we've barely even talked about away games or talked about the bubble. We've just been game at a time. So I think we'll kind of keep focused on this Wednesday and then Saturday and then we've got That seven days until another game, I think we'll start looking at stuff there because Feb 20th most likely will be the case and that can creep up pretty quickly.
0: I'd like to ask you about uh, both Sloan and Crocker, uh, Jack. Uh, You know, they haven't been with the team for for very long at all and, uh, you know, there's always, you know, if, if your imports don't play to people's expectations. There's there's always going to be criticism, which is ridiculous at this time of the year with only just a couple of games in. But uh, how are they settled in? Um, Are they comfortable with the group? Are they getting their legs underneath them now?
2: Yeah. um, Most importantly, they're great guys. You know, they're exactly kind of the culture guys we need. People enjoy being around them. They don't have big egos. They've been veterans. Like, they've been around the league. So that stuff has been seamless and it's been awesome. Like they're, you know, they're vocal using their voices, teaching a lot of things. Um, and people underestimate at one, how good this league is. And then two, how tough two weeks of quarantine mm. is to back it up five days later. So like Crocker came out, uh, two weeks quarantine, had two days practice, went to cans, got a little injury and then was, was out there for game one. Like that's, that's a tough challenge, especially in <laughs> such a high quality league. So, they find their legs, you know. We've seen their performance slowly get better and better, like it's going to. So, we're we're really happy, and you know, they're they're great guys. So you can't really ask for any more, much more.
0: Did you uh, did you have an expectation that Isaac Humphries was going to perform as well as what he has as quickly? I think after the first game, you, you know, like he was he was very rusty, but uh, you know, these last two games. You know, he's played seven foot and has, has done every, everything and probably more than what people expect of him. We you surprised that he's been able to find his feet this quickly?
2: I think most of us were a little surprised. And that's no detriment to him. There's more just battling with a, a slight little knee problem. And he's been out for a little while. And, you know, we never no, noticed that first game. And then he came out the, the next couple and really let everyone know what he's about, the passion he's playing with. You know, if you talk to him right now, he, he talks about how he's loving basketball more than ever. And you can see it out there. He, he's bringing that energy. whether it's defense, and He's making a huge impact. And, and yeah, it's, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to be part of. It's also awesome to have him around.
1: You talk about passion hey, too, Jack. Um, sorry, Scott. Um, you talk about passion. That's something that is a, is a huge part of your your game as well, Jack. Um, how much you enjoying, after almost 12 months of not getting to play,
2: getting to play in front of 7,000 people again? Oh, it's so good playing in front of a crowd. I mean, that's what we work for, to, to play basketball games. Like, we've been working out, training for almost 10 months now and to finally get out there and be able to play some games and beat up some other people, it's been been so good. And it's just, you know, just started off with home games even better. Yep. So it's been fun. It's, uh, it's interesting because, for a young fella like me, I wish we could stay like this. Mm-hmm. Like I wish our schedule was like this. This is I think people would keep showing up to games, we can get more games in, we can be professionals like that. I think it's fun, you know. We all want to play more games and I think this schedule works for that.
0: Yeah. Marzi and I were saying exactly the same thing, uh, Jack. We were like, "Geez, we wish we could." <laughs> this was when we were playing that we could play every two or three game days and not have to, you know, train ten times for every one game. It's uh, oh, I reckon as a player, this is uh, yeah, this would just be incredible.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, with those four games, we had one walkthrough and one other training. I <laughs> think so. It's, at the end of the day that's every hooper's dream is <laughs> to go out there and compete. <laughs> like that's what we want to do.
0: And you, you talked about you being one of the being a young fella, Jack. Uh, uh, an even younger fella is is Josh Giddy, and obviously there's huge expectations on him. Uh, how's how's he handling? I guess what are probably other people's expectations of what where he is and what he's meant to want to meant to get to.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's a cha- It's a challenging time. You know the expectations, the goals that they've set on themselves, slash other people set on them. Uh, Donald playing's actually been huge for him. You know, he's taking him under his wing, teaching him about the NBA, teaching him about being a pro, being a point guard at the next level. Because there's a sm- lot of small things that it takes to to be that, to be that guy. And you know, he's a great kid, taking it all on his shoulders. is willing to learn. So. Right now he's he's good. He's locked in every day. He's just trying to get better. Um, and you know we just got to make sure it doesn't get too overwhelming because it's it's a stressful it's a stressful but exciting time.
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know I think once again he's just turned eighteen. You know he's not going to come out and be a be an all star every every time he hits the floor. But uh, I think some of the glimpses we've seen of him uh, have been very exciting. But I think people have got to remain a little bit level head of the battle and and let him develop uh, you know as as an 18 year old would
2: yeah exactly I mean as we've seen before this league's no joke we had Terence Ferguson here uh, as an 18 year old and played five minutes and Mm -hmm. then he was starting in the NBA three years later so you know it's the process of just getting better every day and he's going to have his ups and downs like every professional does and for sure we just got to keep 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 on him and he's going to do some great things
1: now jack we don't have yet a game fixed in against the brisbane bullets but i'm looking forward to to when we do play them and getting to see you out on the court against anthony Drummick. you two were, were pretty close when you were in adelaide together are you are you looking forward to that battle once it once it happens
2: yeah definitely looking forward to that battle that's one of my closest friends and you know, we've we've got a little bet that if either one of us dunks on each other or near each other, which is <laughs> unlikely, may I add, but <laughs> if it does occur, we have to completely shave our heads, wow. zero. Wow. Sure. I know. So keep on the lookout for that because that'd be pretty hilarious.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not sure anyone needs to see either of your your two heads uh, bald as a badger, but uh, I'll be I'll be rooting for both of you to dunk on each other. That'd be uh, <laughs> that'd be great Good to see. Bad.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll look over and see you cheering in the crowd when I get that <laughs> on. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh,
1: he's pretty active on social media with his gaming as well. It's it's taking off for him as well. Are you are you at all involved in that, or was that something that he kept to himself?
2: Um, I I helped him with it a little bit when he was here and, and had fun with him and would hang out and do some stuff. But that's pretty much all him right now. He mm. that's he's for sure passionate about the esports industry and it's an up and growing it's an up and growing industry that, you know, t- made a lot of money. And especially with COVID uh, that kind of whole industry of the world's growing rapidly. So, you know, he's hitting it at a good time as a professional athlete and using that platform to spread some positivity and stuff. So it has been really good. Co- it's been cool to see, but now, that's, that's pretty much all him.
1: Did he ever get his training singlet or his game singlet that, that I think it was Sunday that was wearing for a, for a photo shoot or a video shoot on on TV. He, he was pretty vocal about, about that at the time. Did he did he ever get his singlet back?
2: Uh, I think he might have gotten it back, but <laughs> yeah, that's a that, that little hothead off and <laughs> on the court, so he'll always speak his mind, but that's what I
1: love about him. Now, the number nine that you wear for the 36ers, you are aware of the responsibility of keeping that legacy alive, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard there's a few pretty <laughs> average. But good guys, they've one number nine. <laughs> yeah, he's been very, very careful in the past, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I know how important the number is for basketball players. So I always go out there, and you know, hopefully one day I can have it retired. Who knows? Well, Scott, well, Jack, how, how do you it's...
1: feel about that? If it's retired without your name on it?
0: mate more than more than happy for that to happen it's uh it would be be magnificent to see and and uh no jack's right it's uh there's there's been some great players uh for this club that have worn that number and uh and uh you know jack's carrying on that uh, great legacy and it's uh you know jack you are is certainly one of our favorites and uh can't wait to see you on the floor uh, again uh, tomorrow not just tomorrow night but for the rest of the season and uh I guess good luck, and uh, we look forward to seeing the way you develop and, and turn into a star for the 36ers. Hey,
2: I appreciate it. I always appreciate the support. It means a lot, and uh, I like to see you there sharing the time.
1: Just one Absolutely more thing, Jack, before we let you go. Now, you've spent a no lot problem. of time with both Scott and Brett Maher. now that they're on board officially with the club as their community coaches.
2: Who's, who's yeah. had the
1: biggest influence since they've been around a bit more?
2: Oh, both of them had a big impact. I would have to say Scotty's funnier. <laughs> so, like, the laugh. But Brett Ma has the funnier laugh. Mm. So, like, every time you get to have a laugh, it's a pretty good show. But um, in terms of running the camp, I don't know who does more. I do see Scotty wandering off a lot. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and then I look over and Marzi's having some shootouts. Mm. With some random kids, so I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: Marzi, Marzi loves getting out and dominating kids and talking <laughs> shit to them. you know, yeah, they're, mate, they're ten years old. You should be a better shooter than him, but he, uh, those those competitive juices still flow pretty, uh, pretty strongly in that one. But he's uh, he's a, he is a bit more active than me when it comes to the uh, the clinics and the camps. Uh, he's a little bit younger than me too. I'd be fair to, me, fair to say. So uh, well, as we you uh, told before, though, it doesn't doesn't
1: necessarily look it.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Looks like looks like my dad at the moment. So, uh, but uh, but uh, no, it's uh, I, I can't get used to it. I mean, I, I see the guy every day, and I still uh, I still think it's funny. But uh, he's uh, he's comfortable in it. He did say he was going to stop dyeing his hair when he turned thirty. So it took him seventeen. It took him it took him an extra seventeen years before he actually uh, actually did it. But uh, no, good, good on him. He's uh, he's aging gracefully. I, I guess you'd call it.
2: Oh, that's the Asian gracefully. Well, that's a big compliment <laughs> I I've ever
1: well, What about the wine tour? Just, just lastly, Jack, Scott took you guys on a wine tour just before Christmas. How was that?
2: Oh, that was awesome. You know, great for the boys. It was put on perfectly. Food amazing. I loved it. I love the self uh, promotion, but it was, it was truly it was splendid. It was, a, it was a good time. I mean, that's that's the type of stuff that helps win win games as well. So boys got out there would recommend it for sure and hopefully we can get another one in at the end of the season i'll probably see take get him to take me and my missus somewhere as well one time well so. i'll tell
1: you what all you have to do is win our player of the year award and you get a tour for four for free <laughs>
2: hey, exactly Neat,
1: so there you go that's something to something to shoot for but it's, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show jack thanks very much for joining us and and good luck this weekend
2: hey thanks for having me guys i appreciate it
0: no worries mate good luck
1: Okay, thanks to Jack McVeigh for that chat here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnison. Let's get straight into our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry, and it's all thanks to Sports Card World, and and it's been a great success already. Two weeks into this into this segment already, we had plenty of questions last week, and we we did announce our our special winners on social media. So if you didn't get a chance to to check that out, you can can have a look at Sixers Fix. Either on Instagram or Facebook or or Twitter and, and find out the details there. But congratulations to Michael Murray and Peter Goss who were our two winners last week for their questions to Connor and they won a special special championship edition 2020 box set um, from Panini America, Los Angeles if for Los Angeles Lakers fans as we spoke about with Connor last week. It's a it's a must have. So so well done to those two for winning and our questions this week. We'll also be receiving some winners, and Sports Card World, the boys there, will be choosing our winners. And make sure you keep your questions coming because we'll get to all the questions. And hopefully, throughout the season, all of our listeners get a chance to to win thanks to Sports Card World. Of course, you can check them out at, at Region Arcade in the Rundle Mall. Um, they've got a huge stock. It's a it's, a, it's a, it just has to be seen to be believed. So, whether you're into your sporting cards, check out the NBA NBA stock or You know, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, AFL, whatever sport you're interested in, they'll have you covered. But also, on top of the sporting cards, the big card phenomenons in the world, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, all covered at Sports Card World. So check them out either in person or at sportscardworld.com.au. But now, let's get to Ask the Coach, thanks to Sports Card World, with Connor Henry. Okay, we're back on Sixers Fix, and we're now with our Ask the Coach segment. Thanks to Sports Card World with Connor Henry. And before we get to our our listeners' questions, Connor, um, two more games last weekend well, or last last round, um, two eventful games, an overtime win, um, no shortage of drama over there these first two weeks, and it was another pretty eventful two games for you. How did you How did you reflect on it, and how good was it to have you know four or five days to actually now? Red group recovering, get ready for 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 Wednesday night.
2: Well having the four days has really been really been beneficial for us. Um those four games and seven nights, um as much as we could plan for took a little bit of toll on us physically. So we were able to give the boys a good day, really almost a day and a half off, had a good crisp, hard uh workout yesterday where we scrimmaged some and got got the legs kind of back under us after a day and a half off and then we went short and sharp today and and did our usual day before routine um preparing for the second hit out with New Zealand so um physically we're we're better we have rested and and we're looking forward looking forward to tomorrow night
1: yeah and just just quickly before I get to the listeners questions what are you expecting from the breakers now tomorrow night? Obviously, they threw everything at you in that first game. It was a, it was a, a hell of a game to watch, and there was a, a big performance from them given that they hadn't played for for, for so long. Um, what, do, what are you expecting different from them now tomorrow night?
2: Well, just like uh, the first game that we played, Phoenix, um, hmm. they were really coming into their first game. New Zealand was coming into their first game, so they were underdone. Um, you can tell, um, in the beginning we got on them pretty good. And then, uh, they kind of got their, their legs back under, under them and, um, and they made it a, a very tough physical game on mm-hmm. us. So we're expecting, um, more of the same, uh, they will have now gotten their legs back underneath them. They're going to be very physical. They were very physical with DJ, uh, at times, um, impeding his progress. Um, and so we're we're looking forward to um, making some adjustments as they are for sure. Um, Dan does a, Dan does a really good job coaching them. Um, we're expecting a very difficult, hard fought game tomorrow um, for sure from them.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Okay, now let's get to our questions, Connor. Um, first one. Now Peter Goss asked you a question last week. Now the second half of his question this was a this was a more serious one from from Peter. What was it like to play with Larry Bird, and what did you learn from playing with him when he was at his peak? We could probably hear. We could be here all day, probably talking about this.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a really difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I was I was young, and I was very fortunate to play at a time um, with that great Celtics team, and I really learned a lot just uh, on how the guys prepared um, every single day in practice. Um, and being being prepared for the challenge of each game that that came you know virtually every second or third day, so um, the mental approach of those veterans from Bird to Mikhail to Paris to d j to Danny uh, and on down the line was was really just that the mental approach you know we you'd get your work in during the week, but you were really preparing on how to better yourself, not only for your system. Um, and learning uh, how to play with each other, which they were exceptional at. And then spending time on the next team, your next opponent that we were playing. So um, practices were uh, serious, but also light um, in in a lot of camaraderie and a lot of trash talking and, and getting your work in and um, feeling good about being prepared to go into the next game. So um, the mental side of being a pro is, is, probably the biggest challenge. You know, everybody's a good athlete. Everybody is, uh, come from programs where they're, um, usually the top player. Um, and then it's really about preparing and being, um, a piece within that big puzzle that you're trying to fit everybody into play, um, uh, as a unit and, and play together. So we try to do that as well. Um, in that we're trying to teach, um, some of our young players on how to be a pro, how to withstand the ups and downs, um, of this early season, um, physically, but, but really it's the mental challenge. So you get your physical work in and taking care of your body and your recovery and then, and then ramping it up and being mentally prepared for that next opponent. Hmm,
1: Very good. Now, another question about your Celtics days as well comes from, from Laz Tattoo. Um, Obviously, it's not his real name. That's his, his pseudonym. But um, he asks. I think he might he might know you, or he might have heard you talk about this before. What did Larry Bird call you when you rocked up to the Celtics? I well, hear there's a bit of a story behind it.
2: What did he call me? Mm. Um, well, it's probably not probably not. I'm, I'm probably not able to repeat the exact <laughs> um, on in the interview um, because. <laughs> We do have a a somewhat G-rated audience here, but um, you would say that Larry referred to me as um, the lowest of lows uh, on the totem pole, uh, on the depth chart. Wow! Uh, He he would ride me incessantly, um, really when I got there, um, talk a lot of trash to me. But the great thing about Bird was you know after I was there uh, a few days a week y- you could go right back at him which uh yeah. which was great fun um you know there was a lot of trash talking uh when we'd shoot uh you know we'd shoot shots together and we'd compete you know who could outshoot each other in wow. uh, the corner three or from a deep kind of forty five angle three and um that was the fun part of being on that team, being part of the great team with a bunch of great guys and the constant. Uh, crap that was being talked to each other and and uh, taking the piss out of each other, as you all say, and uh, that was that was the, the the real enjoyable part of being um, on that team on a daily basis.
1: It's, ama- it's amazing for me that I'm sitting here talking to you talking about being a teammate of Larry Bird's when I spent my whole life just admiring the guy so much, and he looks like that ultimate hero. And you actually, you, you actually, you, you actually lived a life. Alongside him, it's, it's quite remarkable. Um, so thanks for to, for that question from Laz Tattoo. Now, one more on on the NBA, Connor. Arlo Klarsen asks, whilst in the NBA, who was your favourite teammate to play with?
2: Oh, I, I had a number of them who were really good to me because I was such a young player and, and a number of the veterans who helped to look after me. But um, Dennis Johnson was... Uh, my guy, Mm uh, when I got to Boston, Dennis is the cousin of one of my good friends that I grew up with. And so, um, you know, DJ took me under the wing and helped to get me to understand a work ethic, uh, that it takes to be a pro, um, get your work in and then have fun. And DJ was always, uh, challenging me and yet, um, always welcoming me into his family, um, not a lot of people know this, but when I got there, you know, DJ got me out of the hotel and, and gave me a room in his house and, and gave me one of his cars and, wow. and and insisted that I didn't pay for anything. Um, so, um, deep affection for DJ and his oh. family and, um, he's missed. We lost DJ a number of years back and he was just a, just a wonderful Wonderful human being to, to me and to my friends and um uh, I miss him.
1: Yeah, fantastic story. Um now I might before we get to a couple more serious questions, I might ask a couple of one word answer answer ones now now, Connor. I could probably answer this one for you in one word, but I'll let you do it. It comes from Luke Hicks. Did you consider re signing players such as Eric Griffin, Jerome Randall, and Ramon Moore?
2: Well, We considered it, um, but really the, the makeup of where we wanted to go with the team, um, kind of dictated us to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, all three of them were fine players. Um, Jerome had just done his knee, um, with his ACL. And and if the viewers, um, and listeners don't know, um, Jerome is back fully Mm -hmm. healthy and playing in Europe, um, which is, which is just a great story. Um. And he's playing well yeah. and he was just super well liked within the club and within the community. So, um, we decided to go in a different direction. Um, I, I like more, uh, taller, bigger guards, Um, but we did consider Jerome bringing him back. But at the end of the day, we decided to, uh, focus in free agency, um, on a number of other players and really, uh, you know, we, we had signed Josh, and so we had a big, young um, um, six eight point guard. And so it it allowed, it allowed us, it afforded us to go in a different direction, to go out and sign Sunday a top defensive player and, and developing offensive player, and then really focus on uh, our bigs that we signed in free agency with the thought later of adding um, – Uh, a player like Sloan to help mentor Mm Giddy, and then bring in a a veteran kind of offensive three-score shooter like we have with Crocs. So that was the the thinking of the club at that time.
1: Now, this one, I don't know if he's actually got fans or if this is just himself setting up his own fan page, but this one's from the Donald Sloan fan page. In the first game of the season, um, you had a bit of a collision with one of the referees. So he's asked, uh, was, you, was that a was that a charge or a block?
2: That was, well, I clearly took the charge. <laughs> clearly took the charge. My feet were set. He ran directly into me, <laughs> even though I never saw him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now let's see what what's the next one. This one comes from Paddy Hill. What's the difference in, in the NBL from when you were here ten years ago to the NBL now when you've you've come back?
2: I think the main difference. It's still a very uh, fast-paced and physical league. Um, I would probably say that um, the skill level at times is is higher, mm-hmm. but maybe the mental IQ of those young players isn't quite there mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Um, all the coaches, um, you know, from from Trevor to to Andre to. Some of the coaches that have been around a long time, they play a very fast-paced, physical style of basketball. That continues to this day, Um, and I think uh, that's what makes this league so um, not only attractive for players to come over, but it's an exciting brand of basketball. Um, We are one of the few teams that have opted to try to go with a lot more size. in, in, in having three bigs, and, and really we were trying to, to sign a fourth big, um, but we didn't get that done. Um, so we're, we're in a building process, um, and we like the team. Um, we do need to play at a faster pace, and we're trying to, to work some kinks out in our offense, but those would be the main differences.
1: Very good. Last one. This one's from Luke Hicks again. Um, do you think that more and more players out of high school will choose to play in leagues such as the NBL or now even the G League? The G League's now making that more attractive instead of going to college. And what do you think that will mean for the future of leagues like the NBL and basketball as a whole?
2: Yeah, that's the trend and it's going to continue Mm -hmm. because um, with the growth of basketball not only in the NBL, um, in Europe, um, and the G League now uh, making it a priority to try to keep some of those young players who, you know, may not may not feel like college is the best route for them, um, both academically and and learning. Uh, you know, on the basketball mm-hmm. front, uh, the league like the NBL is an attractive alternative. Uh, whether you're uh, a rising NBA star like Josh and and Mojave mm-hmm. and some of the the past. Over the last couple of years, um, this this is a safe landing spot with good coaches, good notoriety. Everybody comes and scouts this league now, um, so it's just another real good pathway for young players to develop as pros.
1: That's perfect, Connor. Thanks. Thanks to our listeners. There's plenty of questions coming in, and once once again, thanks for thanks to you, Connor, for being so generous with your time and for for joining us and. Let's hope when we come back, we've got two more wins on the board and we can do it all again next week.
2: Let's get a win tomorrow and I'll talk to you next week, Chris. Thank you.
1: Okay, back here on Sixes Fixed with Scott Dennison. Really enjoyed, firstly, that chat we had with Jack McVeigh, Scott, and then also our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry, which is proving very popular. So we'll get you to send some more questions through for Connor next week as well, and and we'll get, get some fresh prizes out to, to our listeners as a result as well. But now it's time for our preview of Round 3 of the NBL and two more big games for the Adelaide 36ers, and it's all brought to you by All-Star Photos once again. and And this time, Kelly Barnes has branched out a little bit and he's started up um, his fine art photography called Art of the Hoops. So it's a, a project by Kelly and All Star Photos. And and the, the photographs he takes uh, make for great home decor for your office wall pictures. You know, for, if you need something for your man cave or your, your sports fan room, then just check out his photos. The prints are made here in Adelaide. And thanks to Sixes Fix and All Star Photos, if you just use the code word Sixes Fix... You'll get a special discount on anything you purchase from All-Star Photos as part of the Art of the Hoops fine art project that that Kelly has got underway. So check them out at allstarphotos.com.au. Now let's get straight into it, Scott. Wednesday night, it's a rematch from, from last Friday, and let's hope it's a different result than the Phoenix. So a week earlier we saw the 36ers win in double overtime and then struggle in the second game three days later. How do we make sure that doesn't happen now five days later after the win over the breakers that we get, a, get another win against them?
0: Absolutely, and um, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, there's no doubt about that, uh, as we've said there. You know, New Zealand will be settled up, a bit more settled after that first game, and um, it, it's been incredibly tough what they've had to go through um, and, and you just don't know how that's going to affect them. But, uh, you know, I'd, 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 I'd like to think that, uh, you know, there'll be some confidence from our boys going into the game. Um, you know, you'd expect, you know, some better games from a few of the players. You know, Josh Giddy will, will play better tomorrow night. Um, and if we can maintain the form that, uh, you know, Isaac and, and Sloan and, um, you know, DJ, etc. cetera, have, have done. Um, I also think um, Sunday Detch needs to be, and uh, you, know, you know a lot of the stuff he does you know probably doesn't get noticed all that well mm. i mean he he's he's one of the very best defenders in the in the competition and um you know the best defender we've got i think yeah. um um you know alongside with what isaac can do with his shot blocking but um i think you're you right know. we didn't
1: mention it earlier but the job that sunday did on friday especially in the fourth quarter and overtime against lamar patterson one of the very best Scorers in the competition. That was that was massive in the result. His defensive effort was huge,
0: incredible. And yeah. uh, you know the, uh, those adjustments, as I mentioned earlier, that Connor made, uh, and that was that was a huge one. And I, yep. you know, I, I was concerned because you, you know the, um, Sunday's. You know, it looks like a little boy alongside mm-hmm. Lamar Patterson. Yeah. That's, a, that's a large unit and, and you know, one of, the, one of the best players in the competition. But uh, uh, Sunday was outstanding. Just did a, a fantastic job on him. And, uh, you know, when, when you've got that luxury to be able to, you know, put a player and say, you're on him, regardless whether it's, a, you know, a one or two or three and, and know that he's going to get that job done is uh, is something very special.
1: The problem potentially for the 36ers is that Corey Webster's going to be back as well. Um, his partnership with his brother, that's going to be bloody tough to stop after what we saw from, from Ty on, on Friday night.
0: Well, it is, mate. I mean, it's uh, you know, good luck the rest of the team getting a shot. Yeah. Like with those two, <laughs> that's going to be... Uh... <laughs> Uh, and 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 that will be interesting how that how that does unfold, um, yeah. y- you know, because uh, you know they're both going to both going to want to get theirs, and and hopefully there's or hopefully from a thirty sixer point of view mm. there is is some teething issues as those two you know get their get their act together. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's also also the potential to put a lot of points on the board in a in a, yeah. in a hurry. You know, they're they're both incredible scorers and. Uh, uh, oh look! I from a from a Barça point of view, I hope he does play. You know, you want to mm-hmm. you want to see the best. You want to compete against the best, and um, you, you know, so there's no excuses at the end of the day. So yeah, I'm 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 hoping that he's uh, he's out there at the uh, tip at the start of the game tomorrow, and um, you know, we should see a great spectacle.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's going to be a great juggling act for their for their coach Dan Shamir to work out who takes all the shots between the Webster brothers and also Patterson. I mean, they're going to want a lot of shots, but. Um, they've got other. They've got a, a hugely talented roster, but that's a that's a problem for them to to worry about. Um, what are you well, expecting? Mate, are you expect? Do you I, go I into was... this game expecting a win or hoping for a win?
0: Well, I don't know, mate. I was going to say with their coach, he he spends yeah. uh, as much as much time on the on the court as the players do during the does, during the he? state of play. So you know, like no, I just that frustrates me, and uh, um, you know it's. He's going to get himself cleaned up one of these days if he's, yeah. you know, uh, and it just surely is as simple as giving him a warning and telling him to get off the court. And there are exactly. assistant coaches up and down more than a yo yo as well. Yeah, and uh, I, I know back in, uh, you know, back in my day, the assistant coaches weren't weren't allowed to do that. So, um, no. yeah, it was a bit of a sideshow uh, that, that circus <laughs> the other night. But uh, look, I, I'm. I'm hopeful for a win. I'm. I'm not. Ex- well, I don't know. It's. It's just. Yeah. It's that time of the year where it's just too difficult to say anything with any any sort of confidence. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, let's. Let's hope we get a win, mate.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. Um, again, it's a fairly short turnaround to, to Saturday night, and now it's the first time we'll get to see the Sydney Kings when they come to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Um, they've been looking pretty good, even though they've been undermanned. They're coming off a win. Up in Cairns, I think they would have played I think it's Brisbane in between coming coming over to to Adelaide um What are you expecting to see from from the kings
0: oh, I'm not. Can't wait for the battle of the big men. That uh, yep. that should be something to behold. And uh, uh, it's always good to see Brad Newley back in town. And yep. um, it I should be. A, I think they're. You know, once they settle down, they're they're a top four uh, a team. And uh, so yeah, certainly not going to get any easier. But um, once again, we're we're at home. We'll be able to have a you know a few days break to get ready for them on Saturday night. And uh, um, yeah, once again, it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a feeling out uh, period but um I I'd, I'd sort of I'd, I'm pretty confident I think you know this is a, probably the right time to get Sydney you know they, they've been traveling a bit and uh you know there there's a lot of uh you know some veterans on that team hopefully uh you know too much travel might wear them down a little <laughs> bit but uh once again it's no easy games in this in this competition will be uh you know I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing us versus the Kings
1: yeah, it should be a terrific game as well. So if you haven't got your tickets already for both Wednesday night against the Breakers and Saturday night against the Kings, make sure you do because we're getting virtual sellout crowds at the Entertainment Centre and nothing less than 6,500 people have turned out to the first four games. I think the capacity is just on 7,000 with the, the 75% capacity thanks to COVID. So tremendous turnouts so far from the Adelaide public. So make sure you get your ticket early to make sure you don't don't miss out. Um another big show here of Sixers Fix. Scott, it's gone. Feels like it's gone pretty quickly, but, you know, thanks to Jack McVeigh for joining us. Thanks to Con Henry once again. And, and thanks to our great, great supporters, which we just wouldn't be here without. So thanks to All Star Photos. Thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Thanks to Premium Wine Tours. And, of course, thanks to your friend Scott at Sports Card World for making Sixers, Sixers Fix possible. And, and thanks to the Adelaide 36ers for allowing us to be the club's official podcast. Um, I think that that's about it for me, Scott. So I, I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off for this week and, and leave you in the trusty hands of Scott Ninnis for the final words of, of this week.
0: Yeah, once again, just uh, just can't wait. It's it's uh, we've been starved of basketball for so long to be uh, you know, to be out there every couple of days now is just uh, just a real joy and uh, just to re- 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 reiterate, there's the word uh, uh, one thing you said, Chris, you know that the support of the Adelaide crowd has uh, has been uh, been nothing short of outstanding. You know, to have that many games and to have six and a half thousand as your as your smallest um. Uh, crowd is uh, is a testament to our fans um, and, and the way they supported and got behind the team so uh, hopefully there's more of the same Wednesday night is is a difficult one it's you know a lot of kids are back to school tomorrow day after a public holiday but uh, let's let's hope we get a decent crowd uh, tomorrow night and uh, see a couple more wins this week